You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started. We've really moved on from where's dad to here's dad. Dad has moved from the hierarchy of the office to the wirearchy of working from home, being in the same space, no longer separate 24-7. Dad's here, more present, hopefully, than ever. Dads are upskilling in their home life as navigators and cultivators. David shares his secret dreams and some great stories around his journey as a partner, as a parent, facing his inner resistance, upskilling and having heart-to-heart present connections with his children and family. Come join us on a journey through life and leadership with David Foster. David, I celebrate your presence in the world as a master coach who's dedicated his life, to quote you, being a present parent, creating a loving family unit, two thumbs up and to inspiring people all over the world to connect with themselves and families. That is so important. Definitely aligns with my values. Before I chose to get into coaching professionally, I decided to create a suite of businesses with another guy, what's called an entrepreneurial seizure. And I was chasing what I now call conventional success and wanted to be seen as someone successful and be seen as a millionaire. With that, would then hopefully in my world, my thinking at the time, give me approval from other people and make me feel special and get pats on the head from mum and dad and siblings. And on that journey, there was always something missing for me. And what happened over the course of many, many years had success and then failure, success, failure. And at my lowest ebb, two weeks before my first son was born, and bear in mind we'd had four miscarriages over the previous two or three years, which I think were actually linked to the stress and the anxiety in the household because our main business was kind of tanking off the back of the recession. We were just so undercooked, so underprepared, and didn't really know what we were doing. Before our first son was born, I was sitting in a hotel, the Radisson Hotel at Santos Airport, with my business partner, with a liquidation lawyer, basically liquidating the company, the main company with a view to starting it again and what's called a rebirth of a company and you buy the assets back and start again and give it a lick of paint and see what you can do. And I sat there because our houses were on the line. Both our houses were security against these loans. And I sat there and thought, well, this, I could be literally signing my house away here. And I've got a baby due in two weeks. And I just didn't know what to do and where to turn. Once again, when my first son came along, it was just like such a waking up experience. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this. This isn't working for me. This whole life of chasing this thing that I think is going to make me feel better on the inside, this conventional success. I wanted to live a life where I was doing things that I loved and would be able to come home and and not put the baggage that I was carrying onto my son. Because as a child, I felt the impact of what wasn't being said in the household with all the stress and anxiety from the dad and his business and mum. And I didn't want to play that game. I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, but I didn't want to play that game. So that was a particularly difficult time. And the ensuing 11 months where I was handing over the reins to the business and gently easing myself out with a view to getting a payday by someone who was coming in to buy the shares, that didn't materialize. I ended up walking around with nothing and lots, lots of debts. But I knew I was on the right path. So those times were particularly difficult professionally for me, but they gave me a real insight into what it's like to be a business owner and a dad, right, and be under pressure. No matter how bad you think things are, there's always a tomorrow. 
the really poignant moment really, which is when my first son was born. And that was in 2011. So my wife and I have been married since 2007, been trying for a family for several, several years and experienced several miscarriages and lots of heartbreak in that particular area. And my first son was born at a time when I was under serious pressure professionally with my business. And there was no balance in life. It was all work, work, work. And he came along and I had this kind of epiphany as in, oh, there's more to life than this business. And I said there and then I said, as I was kind of holding him skin to skin in the first moments of him arriving, I said to myself, this is the change now. You're not going to be the guy who comes home grumpy and stressed. You've got a child now. I was very fortunate to start to dive into being a dad and realize there's so many benefits to investing time and attention in that sacred relationship with your children. Not without challenge because it's bloody hard as well. It's not all roses, but the gains were huge, really. And then I realized that through my experiences, and I'm paraphrasing, keeping this short, but my experience is that there are loads of parents, mums and dads, children come along and they see it in such a way that it's actually taking things away from their life, not adding things in. And I wanted to try and give people a slightly different perspective. Actually, having children can be a really enriching experience if you surrender to it and go in to be a present parent. When my first son came along, I had this epiphany, like I mentioned, um, and the model I had for a dad was that you go out and work really long hours, you're out early, you go and work long hours, you come home late, and you don't really get involved with the kids. You might take them to football or soccer at the weekends and do a few things, and you'll have a holiday now and again, but that's woman's work. So when my first son was born, my wife is an amazing lady, full-blood Italian, very passionate, very emotional, very expressive, and she said to me when it was time for the first bath time, and this is about 10 days in that we were advised by the midwife, you know, don't bath the baby for the first week or two, let them just settle down. And he said, right, it's bath time and you're doing the bath. And I said, no, <laughs> I think you got this wrong. That's not man's work. That's woman's work. And she went, no, I think you've got this wrong. And we had this back and forth and eventually went, oh, I'll, I'll do it tonight. And I had so much inner resistance because of the model that I'd grown up with. You know, that isn't a man's, man's work. And did the first bath time under duress, admittedly going, oh yeah, can't wait for this to be over. I've got things to do. I had these little moments of connection where eyes would lock and there'd be a little kind of a knowingness between us. I'm thinking, this is really interesting. This is great. I'm bonding my son here. And that tradition continued, well, even to today, nine and seven, still, still do bar time with them. But I could have so easily missed that. I'm sure that those little simple moments of heart-to-heart present connection make a huge amount of difference when you're bonding with your children and creating a model for them to enter into the world with guidance. I think a lot of people skim over those sort of things and then have a bit of remorse and regret when they look back. So the point is that I didn't suddenly have this epiphany in turn to be the perfect dad, and I'm still on today. So I had to surrender and put myself through different experiences that I wasn't really used to given the model I had. And that was brilliant for personal growth and development. I used to be incredibly disorganized and had very few boundaries and would work long hours into the night, early hours in the morning, early into email straight away. And I worked with a brilliant coach, a guy called Joseph Shapiro and others, but Joseph was an amazing coach, spiritually, mentally, physically, and self-organization was one of his loves. So I gave him a brief so that I need to get my shit together as many years ago. And I learned a lot from him and the books I'd read. And one of the things I learned was, and from other teachers too, that if you don't prioritize your time and put healthy boundaries in place and lead your area of life in that respect, including your calendar, then life will present you with lower priority items that are going to be distracting you from what's most meaningful to you. So I intentionally set out a schedule for me that was going to serve my life. And that goes down to, you know, finishing at a certain time for the children so I can be there for dinner and for bath time and for reading the books and those sort of things. And also for me, for my own health and wellness, for exercise time, for getting up early for my morning routine when the house is silent. 
for my coaching calls and my clients and my creation calls for writing those sort of things, I schedule everything. That's not for everyone, but for me, I have found that structure to be imminently useful in just allowing me to be even more present and focused on the job in hand versus having boundaries that are just all over the place. It wasn't without resistance. I don't think you can ever be like a Jedi when it comes to self-organization. I think it's like a lifelong journey of just tweaking and nudging and finding what works. So even though I log off in the office around 5, 5.30, when the kids are in bed, if I have some things I've agreed to deliver that day, rather than let them encroach on the children's time and my wife's time, I would then happily log on for half an hour and hour at night because I love my profession of what I do if I've made an agreement. So that's a system, a routine that tends to work for me and everyone's different. But the point is, if you don't stretch your day and prioritise it, you'll be swamped by things that just knock you off your centre and you'll end up being a bit of a busy fool, which I was for many, many years. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.